Hello, ladies and everyone. I'm Nairi, your host, and I'm here with my colleague, co-host Sarah Sitak. And welcome to the Avanti Woman podcast, where we empower, connect, and build women to move forward, feel confident, and thrive in healthcare, finance, entrepreneurship, and philanthropy. Today's topic and discussion is nothing but timely. It has affected all of us, men, women, children, the elderly, everyone. Sarah, what are we talking about today? We are talking about mental health and COVID. Yes, ladies, we are talking about the pandemic and its unprecedented effects on our nation's mental health. As we all know, COVID-19 was first declared as a global pandemic on March 11, 2020, and it has impacted millions of individuals in a variety of ways. Across our nation, people have suffered financially, physically, and emotionally from this virus. And as a result, an immense number of individuals' mental health amongst every age group have taken an extreme toll. Well, however, ladies, a prominent population that has been heavily and disproportionately impacted have been us women. Um, Today's episode is actually the result of many inquiries we received from you ladies, our audience, asking us to cover this topic, and I'm so glad you did, because it is extremely important. And um, while thinking about who to reach out to as a mental health expert, we quickly remembered that back in March of 2021, Sarah and I had attended a webinar about the pandemic put together by our first guest, my good friend of many decades, Silva Karagosian. She had multiple experts on her panel, including today's amazing guest speaker on mental health, Dr. Christine Catapon. So I reached out to Silva and asked her if she could connect with Dr. Catapon and also if she could herself moderate this discussion. And of course, she gracefully accepted. Well, then I'm very excited to introduce our guest moderator, Silva Karagosian. And of course, before I read her bio, I'd like to speak from my heart a couple of words and just to tell you that she is absolutely an amazing human being. And she's been my friend for many decades. I'm not going to say how many. (laughs) Please don't. Uh, She has has a bubbly and beautiful, humble and addicting personality. And just she is truly a loyal friend. And I'm so honored to have her on this podcast. Um, Silva is a UC Irvine alumni. And in fact, she sold UC Irvine on me. She is the reason why I chose UC Irvine when I was 18. And I'm so glad I did. So yay, Anteaters. Um, <laughs> she earned degrees in political science and social ecology and began her career in the environmental field. She earned her multiple subject credential and taught in Los Angeles and Orange counties. After leaving the classroom, she worked in the educational technology space, a full-time parent of three, and yes, I can attest, she's an amazing mom. (laughs) She has remained an active volunteer in her local community. Silva returned to UC Irvine and aligned with the new Armenian Studies program to promote awareness and community support. She chartered the UC Irvine Armenian American Alumni Chapter, which has hosted numerous robust virtual events in the past several years. 
the chapter won the award for the most collaborative chapter in 2021. Ladies, without a further ado, please meet our moderator, Silva Karagosian. Welcome, Silva. The platform is yours, my dear. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And it's such an honor to, to join you all today and to be a part of this wonderful podcast. Um, as Nayuri mentioned, we've known each other many decades and um, it's a beautiful friendship. And I'm so thrilled for, for what you're doing with the Avanti woman. It's, it's, it's amazing. Um, speaking of collaboration, when you mentioned that the collaborative award, which was really fun for us to receive and an honor, um, it's because we're a collaborative chapter that I, that I got to meet Christine in the first place, Dr. Christine Catapon. Um, she's the president of the Filipino uh, American alumni chapter at UC Irvine and all, all of us being leaders in, of our various affinity chapters as they refer to them. Um, got to know each other again, all virtually. I literally have not met Christine in person yet. So I'm, we're, we're finally planning that, but um, we hit it off virtually and, and with these collaborative projects. And as Nairi mentioned, we uh, co-hosted an event back in, I thought, I thought it was even later, but in March, uh, it was one of our, part of our Wellness Wednesday series that we offer at UCI through the Alumni Association. And the topic was COVID and culture, um, talking about vaccinations and what's going on in the hospitals. And this is back then when the alarm and the fear and the, uh, the concern was at an all time high. So Christine, of course, spoke about mental health, um, didn't get to hear enough of her that day, yeah. but this is dedicated to <laughs> mental health and wellness and really, really getting to the, to the heart of it. So without further ado, here's Christine's biography really quick. It's very impressive. Dr. Christine Catapon is a licensed clinical psychologist who currently works as senior staff psychologist and liaison to the LGBT Resource Center for the UC Irvine Counseling Center and has also a part-time private teletherapy practice. She is the incoming vice president for the Asian American Psych Psychological Association and the former co-chair for the AAPA's Division on Philippinex Americans. She is also heavily involved in leadership within the Philippinex American community with current positions as president of the UC Irvine Filipino American Alumni Chapter and co-founder of the Filipino American National Historical Society, Orange County Inland Empire Chapter. Dr. Catapon is a frequent speaker and panelist on Filipinx and LGBTQ plus mental health in young adults and is passionate about mentoring young professionals in the field of psychology. Her goal as both a leader and as a therapist is to support people in embracing their strengths, as well as their areas of growth, which will enable them to openly connect with themselves and others and from a place of authenticity, confidence, and self-respect. Professional areas of interest include social justice, LGBTQ+, identity, diversity, and intersectionality, mindfulness, self-esteem, spirituality and adjusting to life issues so we we've got a smart one on our hands today so. definitely <laughs> a smart woman yes and a very very cool individual i can't tell you how enjoyable it's been to work with christine um like i said on our collaborative projects 
But one of the things that we were we were reminiscing back in March when we had our Wellness Wednesday event through UCI was just the level of fear, the level of concern that that the state of our country, let alone the rest of the world, was in with COVID, with this pandemic. And where how we all felt and how we've now evolved to a place of, again, we were just thinking about um, the fact that California is now at an all-time low in terms of COVID cases. So we have we have sort of seen the light at the end of the tunnel. So I guess my question to you, Christine, is having seen this whole thing kind of come, not full circle, but we're getting there. Um, what are you seeing as a clinician with, with your private patients, with, with your students? Because you mentioned the UCs went back this week and you've already had a flood of, of students coming in to talk to you. So please share with us what's, what's going on. <laughs> well, um, thanks Silva for that great intro. Um, it takes one to know one. So I really enjoy um, Silva's company and conversation as well. So I, I think this is going to be a fun conversation, even if it is about a pretty serious topic. Um, yeah. You know, I thought the presentation was earlier in the year. So again, for one thing, the pandemic's really messed with all of our sense of time. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I have no idea Definitely. what is today. Um, <laughs> but what I do remember was there was so much uncertainty because vaccines had not yet come out or had just come out. And we weren't sure about how that was going to impact everyone. Mm-hmm. So the presentation I had given at that time was talking about how to cope with the pandemic without many options for the light at the end of the tunnel. And as Silva mentioned, we do sort of see a light at the end of the tunnel, um, but there are still factors that have not changed a whole lot. And it's kind of hard to wrap our heads around why that might be. And the fact that women are disproportionately more affected um, by mental health concerns because of this pandemic. And even though people are returning to work, the impact of unemployment, child caregiving, homeschooling, all of that still will have ongoing effects, even if things start to open up and childcare happens to open up. So, um, During the pandemic, I'll share that what a lot of my adult clients and young adult clients were experiencing were fears around, you know, catching the illness. We didn't know a whole lot about how it was transmitted at the beginning. And um, in my community, because I was speaking specifically about the Philippinex culture when I was giving my initial presentation, there's so many of us in healthcare that we all had family members who were frontline workers who would likely be exposed to this. So there was a lot of fear around that. There were a lot of intergenerational conflicts because of beliefs and values and religious um, perspectives in terms of, you know, getting vaccinated or not getting vaccinated and causing a lot of conflict in the home. Um, there were a lot of financial concerns because people were getting laid off, losing jobs. Some of my students had to stop work, uh, stop going to college and work to help the family. Um, but of course, finances are going to play a huge part in stressors. Um, and then let's not even forget to mention all the social injustice um, mm-hmm. that has been happening over the mm-hmm. past year. 
and how that's been affected by the pandemic as well. Because for example, um, we saw a lot of protests for Black Lives Matter and yet my concern was always, oh my gosh, but we're in a pandemic. And then when AAPI, you know, hate started happening more frequent because, you know, initially this flu was called the China flu and Mm -hmm. um, all the negative associations with that and the increase in Asian American Pacific Islander hate has significantly increased. And with my role in the Asian American Psychological Association, so that was like a whole nother thing on top of everything else was that was going on. So when we talk about the impact of, um, of the pandemic on women, if you think about my credentials, if you think about Silva's credentials, if you think about all the women in your life that, you know, everybody juggles multiple things, multiple roles, multiple. (laughs) And so, you know, versus, okay, I'm, I'm just this one thing. And I can adjust to this one thing. No, some people (laughs) overachieving people want to put 20. No, I don't want to, but I just found myself in this, like with 20 different things on their head. Yeah. (laughs) It's attracted to me like a man. (laughs) And, oh, I have to adjust to this, but there's this, but then how do I balance it with this? And, you know, I think that's a big part of why we have been more affected because as we touch different areas of everybody else's lives, when do we have time? When do we have space? Mm -hmm. When do we have capacity to address our needs? It's that whole caretaking element. Like you, you were saying, I mean, as women, I mean, genetically speaking, (laughs) right. I mean, if we go back, but it's that role, right. That we in society, whether or not it's, not politically correct any longer to say mm-hmm. things like that, but um, that that's something that we carry. That's part of our our makeup. Yeah. As, well, as and, and if I may just say yeah. personally, um, yeah. it, a sense of responsibility of mm-hmm. saying, "Yeah, I can do this," or mm-hmm. "I can right. handle this," rather than saying, "I need help." And, right. And right. this is overwhelming to be right. have a career and be a chef and be a teacher and homemaker and everything and, and be happy. (laughs) That's the lowest priority um, when so many people are relying on us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, working, working moms, all of a sudden you were a full-time mom, a full-time worker, (laughs) right? You had the kids at home trying to teach them. I mean, yes. And and to balance everything, Mm -hmm. Jesus, we are super women. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's what I've seen. And, you know, now that the students are coming back, this is Irvine. I also like to say the Filipino chapter also won an award for most active. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm just going to plug that in. Hello, spearheaded by no, no other than Dr. Christine. Katz, so awesome. so, Bravo. But yeah, yeah, this is the first week back at school. Yeah. Um, I don't know when this is going to be um, released, but yeah, seen an influx of people mm-hmm. who are wanting to talk about their mental health concerns because they now have space. You know, mm-hmm. they may um, have been building up twenty months of 
overwhelm and stress and anxiety and not having a safe space to mm-hmm. be able to process that if they were moved, if they move back home or if they just weren't in a safe place to talk about mental health issues. And so it, I think it still means that there is an ongoing health, mental health crisis, because it's going to come in different layers as people adjust to a new normal. It's never going to go back to the old normal, but so many of our expectations of ourselves, of how we used to function before this pandemic, I think a lot of people are still trying to figure out how to manage that and um, have these really, you know, strong expectations of themselves coupled with the sense of disappointment or failure if they can't do all the super women things that they used to do without Mm -hmm. acknowledging that this pandemic wrecked us. That's right. No. And mm-hmm. so part of this work I'm hoping to do in the next um, year or two is just to encourage people to have a lot of gentleness and self-compassion um, mm-hmm. because they're, they've been trying their best and doing for so many people and putting themselves, you know, near the bottom because so many people tend to depend on us because of that societal and cultural expectation of us as caregivers. If I may say, Dr. Capitan, that I'm so glad that you just said that, because as as a female and with all those roles, just like the rest of you guys, it's uh, it's nice to hear um, a professional to say it's okay. You know, it's Mm -hmm. a pandemic. It's worldwide. Take a deep breath and Mm -hmm. you don't have to be everything to everyone at the moment at the same time. Right. (laughs) Yes. How can you be hundred percent mother, partner, daughter, student, worker, nurse, you know, all of those things. And, you know, it's a parallel process for me as a psychologist as well. Like how do I model taking Mm -hmm. care of myself when there are so many needs, you know, Mm -hmm. like, Oh, alumni chapter. Oh, AAPA. Oh, you see Irvine, you know, students. And, you know, it's a parallel process for me because I'm also going through these same stressors and how do I, you know, find the time for self-care when I'm taking care of everybody else. But that is, it's not just me. Mm -hmm. I just in that capacity, but I think so many women who are successful and have many things on their plate are going to be in similar situations and just don't know or can't afford to make the time to take care of themselves or else everything falls apart. Sometimes it feels like that. Yeah. Nidi and Sarah, did you have some questions from the audience that you wanted to share? Yeah, actually, we got a lot of questions. So Mm. here's one. How can we have conversations with older generations, such as aging parents, to seek therapy when it's evident their mental health has grown weaker? And of course, you know, they're from a generation where mental health is taboo. So you have to have that, you know, uh, that quarrel that that you have to convince them to go ahead and seek mental health. Yeah. (laughs) I will just say that this hits close to home and I'll say nothing more about that. (laughs) I've tried multiple times having this conversation. And I'm a professional. So, you know, if you can't do it, please be easy on yourself. I think this falls into that realm of what I was talking about earlier, where we women feel responsible for taking care of everybody. I mean, like, oh, I get it for the kids. They're minors. They don't know what they're doing. And so right. you parent them. But then 
women also fall into that category of caregivers for their parents. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our parents could be of the perception of like, I raised you since I was an adult. You can't tell me what to do. It's really hard. Yes. It's really hard. I think um, rather than causing more conflict, because you know where they stand, it's like, you know, this is what I'm observing. I would focus on behavior. I would focus on things that you've noticed different as opposed to focusing on the person and just expressing that concern from that place. You know, I'm, I'm worrying, you know, I'm really worried because I've seen you crying a lot or, you know, withdrawing from your friends when you used to be a lot more active and, you know, maybe talking to somebody would help. If you yourself have been to therapy, go ahead and model that or point them at this podcast, you know, Mm -hmm. and just say, you know, I don't want to force you to do anything, but I really have been helped by it. Or I think it could be really helpful and then give them the resources, like feel free to look up resources for them, but we can't make people do Mm anything they want to do. I can't make people do that. And I'm a therapist. So all we can is give them options to choose from. So they feel like they still have their own sense of agency, but you can certainly sweeten up the deal of what they stand to gain from it. I want my kids to have their happy grandmother back. I Mm -hmm. want, you know, my dad to be able to go out dancing with his wife again, you know, and I, I really think talking to somebody who's not us, will be helpful because we're not going to give you an objective opinion. So right. th- that might be a way, but we can't force anyone to do anything. Right. I have learned personally. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. But great feedback. We have um, another question and it says, and I know you're going to talk about resources, uh, Dr. Catapon, but it says women are more likely to live in poverty versus men. And, you know, this pandemic has also uh, affected our socioeconomic level. Uh, drastically. So how can women who have low income be able to seek therapy if they can't afford it? So there are a lot of resources that are out there. And because you have a national audience, it's hard to know what's available in each state. The first person I would go to is your doctor. You know, like, do you have any um, referrals you can send me? If you do have insurance, that is a bonus, even if you have like Medi-Cal or, you know, that's here in California or Medicaid, Medicaid, um, there are resources through that. And there are also sliding scale um, organizations that will pay like low fee or no fee. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, some of the religious centers, like I think the Catholic, some Catholic charities provide some Mm -hmm. free counseling. So you could try going, um, onto Google and just looking up free or low cost mental health resources in your area. And, um, but there, there are some, even through community centers, sometimes there are workshops that are provided that are free of charge to attend. So it does take a little bit of effort to look for those things, but you might be able to find them. One national organization that we do have is NAMI, which is the national association of mental illness and um, there you can find resources, um, for, um, for family members as well as yourself and in, in supporting family members right. for certain, Not um, mental illnesses. So that could be another, um, place where you could try to consult with someone who might be able to point you in the direction for your, um, for your area. Fabulous. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, 
finding the right therapist can be overwhelming. And especially these days, it's even hard to get an appointment. Everybody's booked up. So what are some good tips to look for when picking the right one for you? Instead yeah. of going, you know, one of the audience said, you know, I've tried five times already and I can't get a match. And it's, it's exhausting. It yeah. is exhausting. And I, I really feel for everyone um, because, yes, it's true. We are pretty booked up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's great because it means people are seeking support that they need, but it's also another um, piece of evidence of how much distress we are all in from this pandemic. I've never been this busy. So, um, so some tips that I would recommend, I mean, I, I do think it's a good fit, but because, you know, it has to be about fit. It has to be about comfort level. It has to be about safety, but that's not always things that you can tell just by looking at a list of providers from your insurance. So if you have insurance and want to use insurance, I would highly recommend Googling each therapist that is um, on your insurance because they will usually have a psychology today bio or their own website where they will talk a little bit more about their approach. You'll get a sense of, you know, how they work and the kind of personality or temperament based on their bio. At least that gives you a glimpse as opposed to just a name. And for services like psychology today, you can filter by insurance, by gender preferences, by identity preferences, by area of specialty. Um, if they take low cost or sliding scale, um, you know, payments. So I would Google these therapists. Now, as a consumer, you have the right to feel comfortable and not feel stuck with the first therapist that you get when you don't get a match. Right. Now, as a person of color, I'm very sensitive to multicultural concerns. And when I was trying to find my own therapist here in Irvine, the first person I looked up, you know, same credentials as me, um, said to me the first day, I don't see color. Wrong. Wow. Not a fit. Not a fit, but I am in Orange County and, you know, it is, a, you know, it is what it is. Um, so I said, not a good fit, did not feel obligated to continue with that person. Um, so it's really important to like trust your intuition and like, see how you feel. Sometimes rapport takes a couple of sessions, but after a couple of sessions, you're feeling uncomfortable or not feeling like it's a good fit. Just, you know, right. have a conversation with them and say, I'm going to look somewhere else because mm-hmm. You want to find someone in it for the long haul with you because it takes time to go through some of these things. So I would Google, I would try to talk to them on the phone for a free consult if possible. Um, Some, most therapists will do that. So you can just kind of get a sense of them. Mm. I will say one thing about not hearing back from therapists. I have had people tell me, well, if I'm too busy, I don't respond that's a value difference from me. I mm-hmm. feel like grateful that people like reached out, even if I can't, yeah. but many okay. people are so busy that they will not respond if they're not mm-hmm. taking calls. So I would highly recommend if you're leaving a message for someone, just like asking them to respond to you by a certain day. And if they don't go ahead and assume that they're not gonna contact they're you. They're playing yeah. full. Keep move going. on to the next one. Yeah, just yeah. move on to the next one. So right. you're not dangling and, and waiting because yeah. it's unfortunate, but you know, that's not how I do things. But 
um, that's how it is. So. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Sarah, any questions that you have? I, I was just going to comment and uh, just say that I'm so glad that you said this, uh, Dr. Capitone, that it's okay if you don't, if it's not a right fit and not to yeah. feel obligated. And I think um, there's a lot of people who sometimes think, oh, it's an it's obligation. Me. It's, it's me. Something right. wrong with me and I'm not. What That's am I right. Doing what am I doing wrong? Or right. they're a doctor. They know more than I do. But yeah. yet. Yeah, right. Can I, can I say something about that? I yes. love that you brought that up, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Now, not everybody espouses this, but this Ooh. is what I often say to someone when I meet them for the first time. I am not the expert on you. Yeah. You are the expert on you. I have training, a degree, experience, all of those things. I have education but you have your own life experiences. And so my job is to make this a collaborative relationship where you use your inner wisdom of your experiences, your values, your, you know, perspectives on life. And I come in with my stuff and I offer you options to consider right? Now, or tools, gonna, or tools. Yeah. And you're yeah. going to try them or you're going to consider them and see if it's a good fit, if it's congruent for who you are and what you're experiencing at the time. Now, therapists often challenge people um, by giving them a different perspective and everything. And yet we're not forcing you to right. consider ours as like the truth. Right. For your consideration, what is the evidence that you are a terrible person? <laughs> and they're like, did anyone ever say that to you? <laughs> no, I just think it myself. Oh, okay, but there's no proof that you can think of. No. Okay. Well, let's keep talking about that. You yeah. know, so it's, it's, I have the training for how to gently challenge or, you know, give different perspective, but it's up to the client to say, I don't agree with that. I don't resonate with that. Or like, right. Oh, that's really interesting. I never thought about that before, mm -hmm. but that's them using their wisdom and yeah using my offerings, I guess. Right. Right. And that's how they create their own, their own. Shit, their I'm own so stuff. glad you brought, I'm so glad mm -hmm. that you're sharing that because it gives a lot of us a lot of support and that, you know, it's okay. It's all right. okay to switch and find the right person. I do have a question for you. Mm -hmm. Something that I personally am kind of struggling with, um, you know, the whole pandemic was difficult for everybody. And I know, I was still blessed in many ways, uh, despite how difficult it was. Um, and I was juggling many things, work, young kids, teaching, cafeteria, cook, the whole bit. Um, but right now with the news of, you know, the second variant, the third variant and oh, the vaccine's not working. And it's like, I'm having a little PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> So and I, I and I hate to use the acronym because you know uh, it's, it's not, not quite, quite, but yeah, not, yeah, not quite. So this yeah. is a, a lot know. of confusion, a lot of mixed Thank messages, you. a lot Thank of just 
yes. lack of clear cut information and it's led to the anxiety and the depression right. and all of these other issues that have been such a problem during this pandemic so beautifully said yeah. beautifully said Sila. you said you're so much more eloquent than i am but, oh, yeah. <laughs> but dr Kavanaugh, what would yeah. you say to all of us ladies who are juggling yeah. so much and saying because in my mind, I'm like, am I going back to that? Mm-hmm. Should I be ready for that? Mm-hmm. What do I do now? <laughs> yeah. What do you suggest? <laughs> we have light at the end of the tunnel or not. But I think yeah. Yeah. she's going to touch on that. We're at- <laughs> so, well, I will say that I am not psychic and neither are any of us. And what I mean by that is, you know, I think when it comes to anxiety, uh, a pr- a very popular coping strategy would be catastrophizing in the sense that I'm just going to project all the possibilities into the future with all the possible terrible outcomes so that I can prepare myself for it and feel like I have a sense of control. And it's so overwhelming and it's so overwhelming. And it actually puts your body through the stress as if it's actually happening because your body does not know the difference between experiencing this terrible thing that you're thinking Mm. and just thinking. Mm. So in a sense, you are subjecting your body to all of these stressors, you know, and you know, for what, because of all the 50 scenarios that you're going to imagine, only one of those is going to happen. There's no way to prepare for it. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of managing stress and anxiety, I'm very much about bringing people to the present. Okay. I get that you're concerned about these things. What can you do in the present to mitigate or lessen some of the concerns? So you're afraid of the mu variant that's going around. Okay. Like you have choices. Do I go to Facebook for my news or do I go to the CDC? Do I limit my intake of news and social media? I highly recommend that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I highly recommend that right now because there's so much bombardment of information. Nothing is ever positive. I personally, you know, fill any social media with uplifting mental health stuff because I don't want to hear 24 seven news. I personally subscribe to the New York times newsletter. I get my mm. news in like five minutes of what's happening. Oh, that's that's it. Right. And then I'm free of the news the whole day. And then I'll find out what happened because what does my knowing about things 24 seven do for me? I could take it in small doses in a bullet format where I don't need to know all the details. Mm -hmm. If I want to, I can click more on the link, but I have more choice and I have more say. So instead of like, you know, getting bombarded and overwhelmed, ask yourself, how can I limit this? How can I take control back? I can choose what to read. I can choose how to inform myself and I can choose to stay present focused. I'm worried about the new. Okay. Can I do anything about it? No. Yeah. Focusing on what you can control, which is Mm -hmm. your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors and letting go of the rest would be a big step in that. And then when you have something, not if, but Mm -hmm. when you have something to deal with, deal with it then. Right. There's a great quote that I give my students. Worry is like interest pay, uh, 
paid on the debt that you may never owe. So if you oh. think about all oh. of these, I like that. Quote, I yeah. don't know who said it. I really need to find out. But That's thank it. you to whoever who created it. I want to say it's either um, Eleanor Roosevelt or or some author. But um, you know, I could worry about getting you for like the next two months, and then yeah. get it, and then get treated, and then be done. You know, I could just. But then if I just wait and like deal with it when I have to deal with it, then that's like, okay, three weeks of stress. But now I have like three months plus three weeks of stress yeah, yeah. my body through. So mm-hmm. in order to feel like, okay, I'm taking some control back. Let me just focus on the present. Let me do the self-care and do the caregiving and do the gentleness for myself because that I can control. Th- those are excellent tips. So taking mm-hmm. back control and self-care. One of the other questions that I have, and I know um, it applies to everybody, no matter you know what background or relationship, but it's about relationship with your spouse or, or significant other, or yes. it could be with your own child and depending on how old they are. What mm-hmm. do you recommend? Because we're all you know, experiencing it slightly different. We were all underneath the same roof, but kind of taking it in a little differently, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden with, in my case, with my spouse, he's not traveling anymore and he's home all the time. It's like, <laughs> wait a minute. And we run <laughs> any, any suggestions? Um, and I know it's a pretty broad question because we're all different backgrounds and, and yeah. relationships. <laughs> Yeah, you know, unfortunately, in the pandemic, we've seen an increase in intimate partner violence and child abuse because there is, you know, everybody's behind closed doors and we're not really um, seeing that. So I would highly recommend if there's ever any kind of that going on that you definitely reach out to get support. But in terms of, you know, people like getting on each other's nerves because they're sure crazy. I mean, that's part of the light of this tunnel, I guess um, that I apologize. My dog is just out of control right now. Wants my attention. See caregiver all the time. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think it's important to start utilizing those other friendships like me and Silver are going to go grab dinner at some point, right. you know, <laughs> and right. like reintroducing yourself to friends as yes. you know, safely as possible and having your own activities. My partner recently got back into martial arts mm-hmm. so that, you know, he has time for his people. I have time with my people or I have very little time because I have all of these things. Mm-hmm. But when I do have time, I do my people. And then we have our, you know, time together. I mean, we can venture out more now, um, engage in activities we once enjoyed. That was really hard during the pandemic. So as things open up safely and to your comfort level, it is important to start working on individual self-care just to give each other a break from everyone. Now with kids, it's different. I don't know because I'm not a mother, but from what my clients have told me, you know, it's been really hard because there's pressure to make sure they succeed when they were homeschooled. Yeah. Like, Oh my gosh, am I a good teacher? Because my kid isn't like where he's supposed to be or um, just, just feeling like I can't possibly do running the household and being, you know, a working mm-hmm. mother and all of that. And so that's where the, 
Um, that's where the gentleness comes in. Like we're all doing the best that we can with what we have. And it's always in retrospect and hindsight that we judge our efforts. And so if we could just say, you know what, I'm not psychic. I don't know that this would have happened based on the choices I made. I just did the best that I could with what I had at the time. And now that you know where you're at, what do you want to do with that? Like, oh, I'm tired of seeing my partner 24-7. Okay, I'm going to go take up running now. (laughs) Or I'm going to go take up hiking or I'm going to go take up a book club, you know, that's virtual, that's in my office, but at least separate. I mean, you are the experts on you and you know what will feed your soul. And, you know, relationships are wonderful in you know, whatever level you feel supported by it. But um, if you're not sure about how to address certain things, there's always relationship therapy, couple therapy, family therapy mm-hmm. to, to kind of work those things out. That's great. Well, thank- yep. Oh, go ahead, Nighty. Oh, it's okay, Sarah. You can go ahead and continue. No, I was just going to say this is great and, and thank you. But, I, you know, I see a wonderful theme about just – you know, the self-care and the gentleness that we have to provide to ourselves and, and also recognize, you know, in need with all of our loved ones um, as well. So thank you for that. And thank you for reiterating that. Um, it'd be interesting. And I know you, you probably don't have this, and this is a bit of an unfair question, you know, with the kids going back to school, um, you know, what to expect, Um and so if there's anything that you can say, because they've just gone back to school, but if there's any wisdom you can share, both as a parent to young children, but it could be older kids in, in college or any, but if there's any words of wisdom, you know, please share that. Yeah. Well, I have plenty of clients who are parents and I don't need to be a parent or I don't need to be a male or right. any of these right. you know, things to, right. be able to support people who have different identities from me. But, you know, a lot of my friends have young kids and a lot of my kids friends have kids who are going off to college and everything yeah. in between. And so they oh, often yeah. ask me for yeah. support. Um, when it comes to college kids, I'm like, they're adults. They have to learn things on their own. So, you know, you can offer support mm-hmm. and let them choose if they need you. But that's part of the individuation that kind of needs to happen, the adulting. Mm-hmm. But with younger kids, that's a hard one because, you know, I know Pfizer has just announced like their vaccine is going to be available for younger children. And yet there are a lot of people who still don't believe in the vaccine, which then Mm -hmm. endangers, um, you know, everybody. And again, those are all things that are out of your control. So let's focus on the things that are in your control, which is your relationship and your relating to your children like really ask them about how their day is. I mean, yeah. I, th- I imagine like similar to having a partner, like, okay, I'm with this person day in, day out, and I need space and everything. But now that they're going to go off and have spaces, I think my clients are missing their kids <laughs> a little bit. Like, oh, I miss when I could just, you know, hang out for a little bit in between meetings and things like that. Right. Um, right. So making some new ritual, like 
everybody had to form a schedule to make the pandemic work. And Mm -hmm. so to build in those little rituals that you can look forward to, um, you know, like dinner. So what was one thing that you learned today that you liked? What was one thing that you didn't um, enjoy today? Or, you know, just just more conversation starters and more curiosity, um, not assuming that you know everything about this kid because they're no longer, you know, with you all the time. And just forming a new relationship mm-hmm. um, based on a little bit more independence and a little bit more space. So that's great right. advice. I love it. That's great. <laughs> I have a I have my final question, Dr. Okay. Catapon. So as women, you know, we're multitaskers, we're caregivers, we're taking care of everything, and most of the time, we're putting our own feelings, our emotions, you know, on the side table. We're not addressing it, and then you know you get everything, you know, kind of like a compounding effect over and over again. And you reach that tipping point where it could be very dangerous. So before we reach that tipping point, what are some pointers, some triggers, some, some bullet points that you can name that we should look, we should look out to so we can seek help. And we can't say, oh, it's my period. It's the, it's the pandemic. It's this, it's that. No, what if you're clinically depressed? What if you have like something serious going on? So how do we identify that and really well, seek help? There are, you know, there's like a red, yellow, green type of <laughs> tier thing. I would say, you know, green, you're good to go. Okay, fine. Yellow mm-hmm. signs and symptoms might be things like, I'm not eating my appetite, you know, any changes in eating or sleeping or energy level might be something like, Oh, I better start paying attention to this. Mm -hmm. I would suggest using a mood tracker, just jotting it down in your, you know, a journal, like what was my mood today? What was my mood tomorrow? And you're like, Oh, 14 days, like devastation and sadness. I might want to talk to somebody, but sometimes we don't know that because it's just kind of our baseline Mm -hmm. um, feeling. So any changes in eating, sleeping, fatigue. Um, if you are noticing that you're more cheerful, more easily emotional over things that you haven't been about in the past, you know, like some small things happens and before you could roll it off, but now it feels very sensitive and vulnerable. That's more of a yellow sign. So just any small changes that are like of the normal, you're not feeling great. You're not sure what it is might be helpful to talk to someone, but you should absolutely talk to a professional if you are ever having any thoughts, plans, or intentions of ending your life. Mm -hmm. If you are having thoughts, plans, or intention of ending somebody else's life or engaging in self-harm behaviors or um, wanting to inflict violence upon someone. If you've noticed that you're increasing your use of substances like alcohol or drugs to cope, Um, if you cannot get out of bed, if you can't function, if you can't go to work, um, you're not able to function. Um, you're not turning in assignments, you know, you're in a fog the whole Mm -hmm. day. You're basically not functioning on the daily, um, as you used to, and your current coping strategies aren't working. Those are all signs like you should definitely talk to a professional because it's gotten to that you know, red light, like, stop what you're doing, go get some help. Yeah, Yeah. that's great. Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, um, anything else, ladies, before we wrap up, this has been such an informative and valuable um, session. Thank you, Dr. Catapon. Thank you, Silva, so much uh, for moderating this. So, you know, I think as we are living in this 
these unprecedented times. And, um, you know, we each have to make an effort to be mindful of each mm -hmm. other, to be tolerant with each other. Mm -hmm. And we have to remember to speak out, reach out, and let people know you're, you're hurting if you're hurting. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'd like to add, if you have space and capacity, if you notice somebody else is hurting, like, is there anything I can do without taking it on for yourself, mm -hmm. just knowing the resources that are out there. You know, there are a lot of wonderful pages on social media that list all the resources in certain areas or nationally. And so familiarizing yourself and having easy access to that, like, oh, here's a picture on my phone of the National Suicide Hotline and the Trevor Project and all of these wonderful resources so that if you are just in conversation with somebody and someone starts talking about this, like, here are some, here are some things that you could consider. That's yeah. a wonderful that's a yes. wonderful recommendation. Um, very thoughtful. But thank you um, again, Dr. Capadon, for sharing your expertise and insight. It was a pleasure to have you join us. And You're a welcome. big thank you to you, Ara Silva. You're an amazing oh. moderator. <laughs> um, um, but before we leave our listeners, I just want to say the ongoing COVID pandemic is stressful mm -hmm. to say the absolute least. Mm -hmm. um, as you've heard uh, Dr. Kevin share her expertise and almost for more than fearing the physical symptoms of the disease for many people, the pandemic has or is starting to take its mental toll mm -hmm. and having stayed home is hard enough. And, and as we all discussed, you know, being a full-time teacher, a chef, a housekeeper, while maintaining your full-time job and the stress is enough to drive anyone up the wall, <laughs> but it's important to deal with grief and loss and loneliness and, in a healthy way, um, because pent-up stress can lead to the physical problems um, and in the long run, heart disease and, and, and so forth. So... But while there are steps that you can take to manage the stress, like Dr. Capton shared with us, taking breaks, um, like Dr. Capton said, from the news and connecting with loved mm -hmm. ones and, and taking the time to unwind from the daily life. I like to leave our listeners with a quote. Um, I love quotes and uh, just kind of help us get through this difficult and uncertain time. Hard times don't create heroes. It is during the hard time when the hero within us is revealed. Wow. Mm. Wow. Mm -hmm. So true. Yeah. Wow. So, that's amazing. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Um, and we look forward to hearing any feedback or additional yeah. questions. And um, awesome. Yeah. Remember to uh, follow us on our social media. Um, platforms, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. And yes, reach out to us with any questions, any suggestions. Thank you so much, Dr. Catapon. Thank you, Silva. And uh, thank you all who are listening in. Take care of yourselves and each other until next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah.